and welcome to Belonging Before Believing, where I am a jealous man. I'm Patrick Mathers, pastor of Sovereign Joy Christian Fellowship. And I'm Brian Gumpy, elder of Sovereign Joy Christian Fellowship. Hey, and dude. And we've got an in-studio guest. Hey, dude, introduce yourself. Or do you want me to introduce you? This is my old-timey chum, Ryan Mack. How's it going, eh? Good. Hey, get a little bit closer there. There you go. So Ryan Mack and I go way back. Like, like I've known like you. coins in the couch. Like, I've known you, like, your whole life, probably, close since, to it, since right? Since the Reagan administration, yes. <laughs> Whoa. That's great. Hey, when Brian's brother was up here, he had a Reagan Bush shirt, didn't he? Yeah. And he wore that to the brewery and everyone was giving him... Because he's 16. Giving him the yeah. sass about it. I yeah. know it still had it. Or it would look like it was old. I don't know if it was old. It but was hey, not old. So we go way, way, way back. Our moms were best friends and still friends, but I mean, they, they like did everything together back in the day. And, and I'm... I'm not sure how far apart we are. <laughs> Probably like eight, nine years. Is it that, like that far? Yeah. Okay, so you're closer to me than he is. By like a year. Oh, than I am? Yeah. Yeah. He's like right smack between the two of us. Okay. You I, should. Why aren't you older? Joel's age. Why aren't you older? I'm trying. <laughs> I get older every day. <laughs> hey, I got so much more white in my beard just recently. I don't know what's happening there. But anyways, Ryan. So me and Ryan, here's a good one. Fruity Pebbles. That's right. Good old times at That's Quaker Meadow. See, Quaker Meadow Camp. That's the place where I got saved. And we, like his dad was the boss of the forest there. <laughs> boss of the camp. <laughs> well, I don't even know what his title was. I don't remember. But he was both my boss and my friend. <laughs> There's so many office references that are popping up in my head today. It's crazy. <laughs> So what what was your what did your dad do there? He was the manager. The man that's it? Crazy, he had a better crazy title. Wait, let's yeah. give him a better title. What, what would have been a better title? <laughs> Forestry Foreman. That's a good one. Let's get let's call him that. Ron Mack. Forestry Foreman. Yep, that's it. Okay. So we go way back <laughs> since we little, little, little kids. And my brother and his older brother, Corey, were best friends for lots of years. And so I've known them a long, long, long time. And you live, what, two hours away? So every once in yeah. a while, he gets up here to Chico. And, and you did our premarital counseling. And, and your wedding. Officiated our wedding, yeah. I did your wedding, yeah. yeah. That's right. Mine too. I did yours too. Yeah. It took <laughs> two out of <laughs> a lot. <laughs> we're, we're not the only two. No, I know, but there's a lot that aren't together anymore. That's what I'm saying. Mm. Dude, there was a good stretch where it was like they. I don't. I they thought you had like, like a, a perfect record of getting people married. Yes, of them staying married. It's not my fault. <laughs> All right. How, do, how does that? <laughs> this is so off topic. How does that make you feel? Amazing that you two are still married. Yeah, I feel amazing about that. Why would you? About it too. Why would I feel any <laughs> yeah. other way about that? <laughs> 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 hey, what's a funny story from when I was? You were younger, and I was younger. I remember one time up at uh, up at Quaker Meadow. You, I was the last day or so of summer, and somehow you had a skateboard for a place that had <laughs> two square feet of pavement, and you rode we it down that the stuff, dirt. Yeah. And it was like <laughs> this big old steep yeah, dirt hill. Yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. that's good for the bearings. But <laughs> 
I remember I remember one time you and I, I think you were a counselor at one point, and you and I did back to back like belly flop contests and you forgot shorts or something. And so you borrowed some guy's shorts that who was um, much larger than you. So the shorts you wore kind of went halfway up to your armpits. It was great. It I was had them solid. all hiked yeah, way up. Yeah. And I got the sweet belly flop move where you jump up really high and you do a little like sw- cartoony swan dive. And then at the last second when you're about to hit, you just like spread eagle. Oh, it's so good. It's a good move. You win contests with that. For like a belly flop? Yeah, not like a proper dad. I wasn't all fat then either, so I I don't know why that fat. You know what? It was probably my future shorts. It was probably shorts that would fit me now that I was wearing back then. They were the time-traveling pants. That's what they were. No comment. I like to maintain friendships. (laughs) Right. What? What was the question that you asked? Or you? What was the thing at the very beginning? Did you talk about being the Ant Man or something? No. Oh, dude, I haven't seen Ant Man two or whatever it's called. No, I'm jealous. I'm jealous of you. Oh, you're jealous. Well, actually, I'm jealous of Ryan and you, because Ryan has one of the most amazing jobs in that I know. He gets to like go assistant be an, boss man of the forest, assistant boss of the forest, what maker of the forest, engineer, assistant fo- engineer of the forest. That's his <laughs> official title. We decided. <laughs> and then Brian, I'm jealous because you have man camp. Oh, yeah. And I have never been to man camp. Yeah. I'm just, I'm like a little bit too old. And I didn't fit that demographic when you guys started. I was a little bit too further along. And now it'd just be weird if I just showed up. So I don't go to man camp. So I'm jealous. Gosh. (laughs) Now now tell me about man camp. The rest of us want to know. All right. So man camp started eight years ago, nine years ago now. Do you wear britches hiked up to your armpits? Uh... (laughs) If not, you will soon because you're getting older. Britches. <laughs> My future pants. No. So Your TARDIS shorts. <laughs> I don't. Because it's a TARDIS time trap. Never mind. Yeah, I don't watch Doctor Who. I, I got the reference, but I, I don't watch Doctor Who. Anyway, so Man Camp was a handful of guys who, like at least like two or three that I worked with, and then their buddies from church and all kinds of different places. But we just start, went up to Almanor, just a bunch of dudes one year, and then we've been going back every year since. And yeah, it's not really that complicated. It's not really that fancy. It's not really that exciting. Is the food legit though? That's one of the keys of camping. Every Saturday night of man camp, we do fillets. And yeah. Of what? Filet mignon. Oh, a mignon. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) No, like a fillet of fish. (laughs) I don't know, do I? (laughs) It could be, right? Not even, not even like. Fillet anything. Right, right, right. No, like you can fillet my like shoe the McDonald's fillet of fish. <laughs> do you know why they started making those? Cubes do you know of why? fish breaded and fried. What? Do you know why, why they started making those? Because the Catholics weren't eating their food on Fridays, and so they had to do something. So what are they going to do? Fish on Fridays. If I was Catholic, I wouldn't eat their food on Friday either. <laughs> <laughs> For different reasons. Hey. Um, we got a question, but before we got it, are you recording? I am. Are you getting it's gonna work good this time? How dare you? <laughs> I've it, already checked it, it like twice. 
because I'm thinking the same thing. I'm Ryan's thinking, over here, man. Ryan wanna... drove here two hours and the audio is going to be complete garbage. Well, and it's all going to be for naught. So I checked it like two times. I met this dude like an hour before we started recording. I don't want to disappoint him. Oh, you so know quickly. what? I swore you knew him before no, this, too. No. I just figure you know everybody that I know at this point. <laughs> No, our Silly friend me. our friend group is still like a Venn diagram. Okay, well, you just got a little Venn in here, Ryan Mack, Venn Diesel. <laughs> Not Venn, Venn. What's, the, Venn what's the question? The okay. question, the question, please. Okay, hey Ryan, I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this to you first. Okay. Okay, Ryan's not a pastor nor the son of a pastor. However. He's a super smart dude. And the son of and a camp he, manager. He knows... The, no, no, forestry foreman. That's we settled this like 10 minutes ago. Sorry. Golly, where were you? What are you doing? I'm the one drinking a beer. I'm you, checking to make sure the audio works because I'm scared oh, no, it won't. You're good. Yeah, keep yeah. that up. Okay. So I'm going to throw this around because he's super smart. He knows the B-I-B-L-E because that's smart. the book for he. So Ryan Mack, question to you and then we'll riff on it. Yeah. Idolatry. Big picture, what is idolatry? Hone it down. Is the cross an idol? You don't have to answer all that right now, but start with what is idolatry? Define that for us. Um, Idolatry is finding your satisfaction, your meaning, your purpose in anything other than God. Ooh, that sounds (laughs) Piper-esque. Is that a little bit? Satisfaction. I like that word. Finding your satisfaction, your worship, your affections, your longing, just your focus anywhere other than God, right? Like that's your ultimate driving passion, right? Yep. Yeah. So what would be some old-timey idols, Bible idols? Well, Bible idols for sure, uh, the golden calf. Oh, yeah. Tell that story real quick. Just sum it up. Well, so uh, Old Testament, Exodus, the people come out of Egypt and the Israelites, and Moses goes up on the mountain to meet with God the first time. And uh, while he's up there, I don't really know how long he was up there. 40 days. The first time? Yep. Didn't he go up twice? He did, because okay. he broke the tablets, but I'm getting ahead. Okay. All right. So <laughs> Let so him tell the story. Days, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I asked a question. So 40 days, he comes down, he and at hot. this point... Yeah, at this point, um, they had uh, all the Israelites wanted some image for them to worship in the place of God or to represent God. And so they got all their earrings, their rings, this and that, melted it down and made the golden calf. Yeah. The crazy thing, you're, you're right. They actually asked Aaron, Moses' brother, make us Jehovah. They actually asked them to make an idol representing God who just delivered them out because they couldn't conceive of worshiping God without something there in front of them. And dude picked a calf. He picked a calf. <laughs> All the things. Not even a bull. Not a even calf. like a like a lion or a rhino. So or well, getting back. I, mean, to I better it. stop. <laughs> Well, getting back to it, and then and then that was one of the commandments: is you shall not make an image. Right. 
Right. And so is at the same time that he's up there that they are making an image? Right. The yeah. same time so, God's writing the Ten Commandments out. I think, I think that's why it ended up being number two instead yeah. of number seven. <laughs> and Moses comes down and he's, so, he's like, I just got these. <laughs> <laughs> and he smashes them down. And then he melts that calf down and he makes them all drink that's the right. gold yeah. water. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. What that's a crazy Ovaltine story. That's back in the day. Yeah. So... <laughs> Golden sure team. Golden team. Yeah. Brian, why why is idolatry so why is it such a big deal? Who can why does it matter if there's an image that you're praying to? Um okay. So I hear two different questions there. Why is it such a big deal? Yeah. To me, it's not even about praying to an image. To me, idolatry is a big deal because it can be subtle. Uh, I don't think it's always praying to an image. I think it's like Ryan said, finding your satisfaction in something that's other than God, which is a lot easier to do than to intentionally go up to some dude and say, hey, make us Jehovah. Right. Uh, I think... It, so, we're ju- so we're just more sophisticated. We're, we're more civilized in our idolatry. Sure. Civilized that's is a good way of putting right? it. Okay. Yeah, more respectable. Right, okay. I'm um, tracking with you. Our idolatry, I think, could totally... And gosh, I don't want to get too carried away here. But our, our, our idolatry could be, you know, sports on Sundays instead of going to church. Sure. Our idolatry could be... our. But, but so what? Why does God care about that? Why, why does that make him mad? Because you shall have no other gods before me. That's the first commandment before he's even talking about graven images. Okay, yeah. yeah. And so if we're talking, so we we've heard it said that everybody worships. It's just a matter of what you end up worshiping, right? And so I think that is a good indicator of what your idol is if you have idols in your life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you spend your time? What what do you? Where's your focus go? Things like that. I mean, that doesn't just because you spend more time, you know, playing a sport or whatever than you do going to church. I, I'm not saying that, but I think it's pretty obvious when you're prioritizing things above your relationship with the Lord. When you are um, finding satisfaction in those things to a greater degree, where you're willing to sacrifice spiritual things for the sake of these temporal things, that's a good indicator that that's become an idol. So, Ryan, with that in mind, do you think it's safe to say that anybody who isn't a Christian is in some sense worshiping an idol? Certainly. Okay. And and typically it's themselves. And typically even a lot of us Christians worship ourselves. We pamper ourselves. I mean, what is worship? I've heard it described for some reason earlier today that it's what, what do you make look good? Hmm. And a lot of times, I want to make me look good. You look good. I don't. You're smell a very so good. fine looking man. I know you don't, but I wasn't going to go there. This isn't. That's why you're at the end of the table. <laughs> this isn't a sniffer podcast. <laughs> Scratch and sniff. Scratch and sniff. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the things you're right. Even us as Christians, it's interesting to me that John the Apostle ends First John. That's a it's a great book. It's it's slogging reading. It's it's not just systematic and straightforward. You really have to get your thinking cap on reading through that book. I know. But he ends it. I'm not saying nothing. <laughs> he ends it with little children or the people I'm writing to believers. Keep yourself from idols. So he's acknowledging, just like you just said, Christians, little children, 
people who I'm writing to, you keep yourself from idols. Because the implication is, even as Christians, we have the tendency to do that. And then there's that crazy illustration, in fact, of that, where at the end of Revelation, John bows down and worships the angel instead of worshiping God. And the angel has to rebuke him and be like, dude, what do you get up? I'm a servant just like you. You should be worshiping God. It, it makes, you know, it, it makes me think yet that, that God, the, the reason why it's, it's not wrong for God to say you should worship me and me alone is because he is the, not only the creator, but he is the best of all beings. It, it, just a simple crass analogy is, you know, you brought up sports. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we do with sports is we have the tendency to elevate and some would even use the word idolize certain people who excel in their sports. So I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. Aaron Rodgers is from Chico. Here we are in Chico. I, I certainly have the tendency to think he's probably better than every other quarterback out there. Now, I could look at statistics and stuff, and it can be debatable and stuff. But when he's on, I like to watch him play. And there's been almost nobody who would fault me for saying he's amazing to have respect for him. And we, we, we acknowledge that. Or Usain Bolt, right? Fastest guy alive. We all respect him. We acknowledge him. We, there's, we don't think a th- wrong thing when he gets up there on the podium and gets his gold medal, right? We celebrate that. We clap our hands. We cheer. We throw parades for the people. Well, they are the greatest at what they're doing in that particular moment, and we celebrate it. Well, if God, to now stretch that crude analogy out to the, inf- to the infinity, if God is the best and most glorious and most absolutely pure and absolutely most majestic of all beings that exist, be, and he created all other beings that exist, then therefore he has every right and in fact, I might even go so far as to say there's a responsibility for him to demand us to worship him based on his holiness, based upon his deity. Right. It wouldn't be good for him to be humble, right? Well, yeah. I, I mean, Christ came and he was humble, but part of his humility was that he was fulfilling his own law that he made up, not that he made up, but that exhibited his character that the Israelites broke that we just talked about in the story Ryan was bringing up. So Christ was humble in the sense that he came to fulfill the law, but God is God and humility is... See, because we have the tendency to think if you're not humble, therefore you're arrogant. Mm-hmm. And we, it doesn't necessarily follow that if we are saying God is right to demand worship of himself, that he is therefore arrogant, which is the conclusion we would come to. But we have to realize God is a being that is not like us in any way, shape, or form. He has no form. You know, he, he's invisible. He's everywhere. He's eternal. He's omnipresent, omnipotent. And so therefore it's right and just, it's, it's perfect for him to demand us to worship him. I mean, he created us. He, he doesn't owe us anything. It, it, it wouldn't be honest for him to say, I am second. Right. When, what would he say second to? Yeah. Couldn't say it about Ex- anything. Exactly. You're right. Yeah. yeah. And so it ain't bragging if it's true. I've heard that phrase before. <laughs> so he is, he, is, he is worthy of all praise because he is good. He is better. He is the ultimate, as you said before. Um, there's no one greater than him. There never will be, 
and no one even like him. So he demands all praise just in who he is. I like that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he pointed everybody he came in contact with to worship the Father. So you're right. I love that phrase that you used. It wouldn't be honest for God to not require us to worship him. He has to, because that's honest, because it's the truth. He Mm -hmm. is the greatest of all beings. He's the creator of everything else that exists. Therefore, it behooves us to worship him. So, oh, you got something? Yeah. You asked each of us a question. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you the questioner's question. Okay. Is this the cross? Because that's where I was going to go. Yes. Okay. Can the cross become an idol of worship? Okay. So I'm going to do what I love to do is I'm going to take a step back from that. <laughs> and put the burden of proof on someone else. No, 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 no. That's, I love to do that too, but that's, that's not here. No, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a step back and I want to talk about, so when, when we set up an idol and bow down and worship it, we're not, okay, when we, so we were talking in the beginning about, you know, there's a piece of wood and we carve it and we make toothpicks out of it and we make teeth, toothbrushes and, you know, we make um, little stoppers to hold the toilet paper on. And then we carve an idol and we bow down to the idol, but we don't bow down to the toothpick or the toilet paper holder or whatever, you know, but it's the same piece of wood. So what we're doing when people are bowing down or worshiping idols isn't we're thinking this literal piece of wood is God. We're saying it represents something else. And so when God says, don't create any image and bow down to it, what he's saying is, there's nothing you can compare me to. If you carve something or make something and bow down to it, it is inevitably inferior to who I am as a being. Therefore, it is wrong that you do that. And I'd even go so far as to say pictures. It's one of the reasons why I personally don't like pictures of Jesus. I hate movies about Jesus. Um, While they can and have conveyed truth, at the same time, like I said, I think on the Sermon on Sunday, Mm -hmm. that there are people who, when they pray to Jesus, they think of Jim Caviezel because he played Jesus in the Passion of the Christ movie. And I hate that, and I think God hates that too. And honestly, I think Jim Caviezel would hate that. (laughs) But, (laughs) But he still did it, but... Um, that, that there are people who do that. So I, I think that even images like that are unhelpful and unwise because if we think of some picture of something or someone when we're praying to God, we're praying, we're, we have an idol. There's no two ways about it. So with the cross, it isn't a person. It isn't uh, even a personification of something. It's literally two pieces of wood or one piece of wood carved into into the shape of a cross. I'm going to say, yes, I think the cross can become an idol. In the Old Testament, there was this instance where God judged the Israelites because they were getting squirrely, and he allowed snakes to come into the camp and start biting people. And people were dying from these snake bites. And so the people cried out and repented. Snakes were already there, though, and God didn't just make them go away. Instead, what God did is he had Moses build a giant serpent on a bronze pole that stood higher than everything else in the camp. So if somebody got bit by the snake, they could look in faith 
to that pole, trusting God's word, and they would be healed. So it wasn't the effigy of the serpent on the pole in and of itself that healed. It was the faith I was exhibiting in the word of God as I looked at that thing that, that actually healed me. Well, that thing hung around for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, and people ended up worshiping that thing years and years and years later, and they had to nehushtan it. They had to bust it up and, and burn that Bless thing you. up. Yeah, <laughs> Nehushtan, it means it's a cursed thing. So they, they burned the, they tore it down, they melted it down and got rid of that thing because people were worshiping it. So yes, I think the cross can be that very same thing. And I've seen this where, you know, people have their little prayer closet and their little prayer area and they just can't pray if they're not in front of this thing. A cross, um, an effigy, or the Bible, the Bible can become an idol in certain people's lives. So yeah, anything, any object that gets the focus and attention that God should actually get, it is an idol. Do you think that's common for something like a cross or a Bible? Yeah. Yeah. And well, okay. I would say that, like you said earlier, it's subtle. People think of it more like a lucky charm mm-hmm. or like this is my, I've heard this said, especially in the, my Pentecostal years, this is a point of contact for my faith, which we would say definitely was that uh, bronze serpent for they didn't get the snake bites to death. You like that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about a turn of phrase there? Anyway, so the, definitely um, a cross can be that, and definitely a Bible can be that. I think you would ha- I, I think somebody on the surface doesn't think I'm actually worshiping this thing, but if we were to sit and watch them or pray with them or see what they're doing, you really begin to see, oh yeah, this really is taking a more exalted position than it should. And it kind of sounds like they're praying to this thing rather than praying to the Lord. Right. But prayer blankets are okay, right? Uh, <laughs> but, no. <laughs> but the cross in and of itself or a, an image of the cross, I think, can be a good reminder. <clears throat> just, like, just like the snake was at that time. It's when the cross becomes more than what it should be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, I would um I would want to have a word of caution when we need things like a cross in our sanctuary or need things like a particular stained glass window or need things like a particular version of the Bible or need things like this particular hymnal, or need things like a choir, or need things like, you know, a, a big, huge wood pulpit. Or what happens and as Christians is when we start within the church needing these things in order to, quote-unquote, rightly worship, we're getting dangerously close, I think, to idolatry ourselves. And you know what, it might be good to tear those things down <laughs> yeah. and, and do some worship without those things. I, I think there's a sense where, yeah, they can be aids and helpful, and so I don't necessarily think imagery is wrong. I mean, Jesus um, you know, clearly talked about the cross, bearing your cross, taking up your cross. In the New Testament, we find symbology with the anchor, for example, that tattoo I'm supposed to get, which I haven't heard anything about yet. <laughs> but, you know, get, um, the anchor is a symbol. So symbolism is important and it's valid and it has a right place. But 
we as people, because we're, I love to say, partially sanctified at best, we have the tendency to go down the road of idolatry rather than the road of just it being something that's useful. So it's just something to be mindful of. And for the unbeliever listening, you know what? Uh, Think about it. Think about those things that really mean a lot to you and consider if, in fact, that that is something that you are actually worshiping. And if it is, you might want to rethink how important that thing is in your life. Yeah. Should we make Ryan ask a question of the day? I, just on the spot, that's not an easy task. I don't know if he has one. He's giving me a little grin. I don't think he's got it in him. We discussed this earlier, and I, I think you had one uh, in your mind, so why don't you take it, Brian? Okay. Oh, my gosh. So Capitulation. I'm actually... I'm actually Coward. Sc- I'm actually scared of the comments <laughs> that we might get, where it should have said this, but then it said... Anyway, so... Ryan, so we're going to go around the room and do R3, R1? Our, our, our <laughs> yes, we're, sure. we have to. Sure. So my... <laughs> So it's vulgar lines from movies and your favorite TV edits. So, so, so mine. Do, oh yeah, go ahead. Mine was from Die Hard Two at the end when Bruce Willis says "Yippee Kaye, Mister Falcon." Okay, okay. I know when I saw Die Hard on TV, and I've seen this before. It was not Mister Falcon, but instead it was Melon Farmer. <laughs> <laughs> and Melon Farmer is going to be mine. <laughs> Both die hard. Drop a train on us, Ryan. What do you got? Well, I have two. <laughs> Both. So, so it's, either, no? it's either Forrest keep, Gump. Don't tell me no. It's either the Forrest Gump one when he's running and um, and he steps in a pile of, of dog excrement when the guy's <laughs> running with him trying to sell him or trying to get him the sponsor's T-shirt. And, uh, and the guy says, you just, stuck, you just stepped in a big pile of dog it. <laughs> And, and Gump and says, goes, it happens. And the, guy, and the guy says, what, it? And he says, yep, sometimes. <laughs> so, And then you see the car with the bumper sticker that drives by. It says, it happens. <laughs> that's some creative editing there. Right, solid, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's number one. What's number two? Oh, number two <laughs> oh, you is... you just did uh, number two. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Number... <laughs> yes. Nice, smooth, yeah. <laughs> number two is uh, is from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh. He's talking about Cameron. Cameron is so tight. If you took a lump of coal and put it in his fist, <laughs> <laughs> in two weeks, you'd have a diamond. <laughs> oh. So what is your favorite vulgar movie TV edit? To the nicety. To make it nicer. <laughs> to make it kid friendly. Tenacity. It's like tenacity, but nicer. Yeah, who doesn't love melon farmers? <laughs> All right, who melon doesn't farmers. Love it? All of you, <laughs> vulgar and clean, we believe that you belong. 